0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke and see what you come up with.
1: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Here with me now, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. We are here with your break from all of the high resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. We got a special guest in the house tonight. We are here at the 4th Street Bar celebrating the big weekend for the Golden Eagles and the lack of rain. Uh, The (laughs) alleged conference championship tournament did happen, and the Golden Eagles came out winning. In resounding fashion, there in that championship game, a great weekend on the coast, and it was a weekend that I think a lot of folks were a little leery about heading into it, given the the situation with the weather.
2: It was really weird that um, of all the delays that we had in a tropical storm approaching, it's seeming imminent, right? That uh, out of all the delays that we had, like only one of them was rain induced, <laughs> right? You know, um, but and, and and you know, in the tournament, somehow finished on time. Yeah, like all those delays, we got like nine hours behind or 13 hours behind or however you wanted to look at it. And then it still finished up at one o'clock on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. So I don't
2: know how we fit the and, square. And was there any the kind home. of
1: delay on Sunday? I don't think so.
2: No, actually, uh, the, the first game. Well, I know you guys are going to get into it, but that first game got over with so quickly. Yeah, that I, I was worried it was going to start before one o'clock.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, great weekend for the Golden Eagles. We're going to get into all that and more. Yesterday, me and you, along with some others, our guest was there. We went out to Buffalo Wild Wings for the selection show. Got to see the the instant reaction of the fans and the players as soon as the Arkansas Regional was announced. We're going to break that down as well. But a great environment at Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday. Great to see everybody out there. Great turnout, too. Um, Everybody was there. Um, I uh, I saw
2: Gilbert there. Saw Mr. Rick there, of course. Um, of course, the entire team showed up. Lebo
1: and Mason had uh, had a few words for the crowd. So did Scott Barry. Um, Surprisingly, Jason Munns was there. You don't <laughs> see him at stuff like this ever, do you? I, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. Hey, and before we get into the show, man, I got to give a shout out to uh, my friend Michael Strickland, uh, Mason's dad. I know he was on cloud nine all weekend. <laughs> Uh, well, all weekend, all Sunday after the performance of his son mm-hmm. and then getting the tournament, tournament MVP, yeah. of all things. How cool was that? That was awesome, man. Great. Uh, a great close to the season and really awesome to see him getting a shot. Usually when you watch the games and he gets thrown in, it's in a rough situation. And he got thrown into a, I mean, it. mean, a clean slate, and he took it all the way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I'm sure we're going to dive all into that later. But it, it was one of the, the best performances that I've that I've seen, that I in recent memory anyway, um, and completely, I, I don't know if I want to say completely unexpected, we all know he's a good pitcher, dominated at Jones, um, but, you know, second career start.
1: Yeah, right. Uh,
2: game, you know, season on the line type of deal, so it was great.
1: Well, Jason, man, without any further ado, I'm going to hand it over to you, let you break down this conference tournament weekend in Biloxi.
2: All right. All right, Jason Bailey here with Rick Maddox. Rick, what's happening, man? Hey, how you guys doing? I, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, I don't know why um, Jamie took him so long to get you back, but
0: <laughs> here you are. Well, that's another story, but, <laughs> but I will say uh, I am surprised to, to get invited to come back after the last time we did this. We had so much fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, thanks for coming. And um, yeah, so, so I wanted to talk about what happened last week. Oh, um, yeah. With the with the conference tournament in Biloxi, um, and we're just going to hit every single game, kind of run through a few of the highlights and get your take on them. So, um, yeah, that first game never happened, yeah. <laughs> right, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I was actually down there, myself and Jeremy Cooper were there. Um, got done with work early for that four o'clock start, which turned into six, which turned into eight thirty, which turned into <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, but when we finally got to play on May twenty fourth, that was Thursday. Uh, we came away with the win. We beat UAB 2-0. to nothing. Um, Fantastic performance by Nick Sandlin. Uh, kind of struggled struggled uh, hitting, which that continued for a couple games during yeah, the tournament. Yeah, but that, what, what,
0: that was by design. We did that on purpose. Ah, nice. Yeah. It's <laughs> called the uh, rope-a-dope. You know, you kind of get the other team yeah. a little overconfident. Yeah. And we, we turned it on on the last For
2: sure. Um, it, it was nice to see Mason Irby came away with two hits in that game. Uh, we only had five hits total, so yeah. you know Mason kind of continued that really late season surge that he had. Uh, it was nice to see, but the numbers from Nick Sandlin. I know we're kind of bored with these kind of numbers at this point, <laughs> um, but I mean the guy's as close to automatic as you can possibly yeah. get. Nine inning pitched, complete game, uh, four hits. It was a shutout, so no runs. Only walked one, struck out twelve, and 118 pitches. That 118 pitches has got to be yeah. teetering on the. If we got anything else happen, that you know maybe somebody else would have came in.
0: You're, you're probably right, um, but I, I do have to say, watching Nick Sandlin and the decision that the coaches made this year. You you know, because everybody's seen Nick pitch, and we know what kind of closer he is. Probably one of the best we've ever had at USM. Um, And and I can even remember having a conversation with with Coach Eisen, and saying, "You know, well, what do you think about Nick? What do you think about Nick? And what are your plans?" And and I remember him saying, "You know, like, well, he's the best pitcher on our staff. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's he's we're going to move him to a starter. Yeah. Why, Why would you not use your best pitcher?" And I said, "Well." never really thought about it like that and um you know through the fall they extended his innings and you could start seeing him go four innings six innings and then it, it sure. really became uh, evident as the season started that he is one of the premier starters in the country
2: yeah and, and I, I don't know through the history of college baseball if this ever happened but you had a guy as an all-american closer and then an all-american starter it's kind of like mirrors like what john smoltz did with the braves remember yeah. he's a starter and then Probably a Hall of Fame yeah. career based on both of them. I, so. I
0: would say more guys are starters and then end up in the bullpen, you know, right. and then the other way around. Right, true, <laughs> true. So. so that
2: was, yeah, so that was an awesome game. Got the win, got that first win in the conference tournament. Um, so we move on to the next day, which is Friday. I get my days mixed up because that Wednesday never happened. <laughs> yeah. But um, so Friday, we uh, played UTSA, won the game five to three. Um, the middle of the lineup, really carried the load that day. Combined six for 13, four runs scored, three RBIs. Uh, Lebo and Guidry also had two hits apiece. Another fantastic outing by a starting pitcher, which is going to be the theme of the tournament as we go along. But Stevie Powers with seven innings pitched, four hits, two runs, five Ks, zero walks, <laughs> yeah. and right at 83 pitches. So, you know, kind of. If Nick Sandlin paved the way, I guess, you know, power is just picked up right from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that you're seeing with the pitching staff is, you know, they're around Nick Sandlin every day, and, and, and I don't know that the fans can appreciate Nick and what he's doing, because he's obviously not the biggest guy on the team, you mm-hmm. know, he's, he's not the strongest guy on the team, but... i I will say this there is no one on that team or maybe that's been at usm in in a long time and you know i'm 400 years old so i've seen a lot of (laughs) guys nick is the most competitive person on that field and when he takes that mound these everybody sees his competitiveness i Mm -hmm. know scouts have talked about nick and and how competitive he is and you know, and, and how he has a will to win a game, and I think Stevie, um, Mason Strick, everybody is is watching that, and that's that's how you differentiate yourself on that bump. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, when when you see a guy like that, that it's giving hundred and fifty percent each pitch, each out. I mean, it, it, it's not by chance that Nick is so successful. And then Stevie picked up. You know, he he hadn't pitched a whole lot the last couple of weeks because of an arm issue. Right. So, you know, what are you going to get with Stevie? There were some unknowns. And he just came out and did a wonderful job. And and then, like you say, the offense picked up the slack, Uh you know, swung just enough to score. We, We played well in the field where defense was strong. And um, I, I think between uh, Stevie and Nick, we're setting the tone on this staff.
2: Right, yeah, I, I knew that Stevie was, was going to be rested. Um, and I knew they wouldn't put him out there unless he was ready. The thing that, honestly, that I was concerned about just a little bit was maybe being um, 200%, you know? uh like, like, whereas... 200%? Well, I mean, just just, just too, um, too amped up, too rested, yeah, too... Yeah. Uh, if you're used to throwing it about 90%, yeah, um, health wise, all of a sudden you're at 100. Combined with the uh, adrenaline that's going to be rushing from Planet MGM and all that, that you know you overthrow a little bit. That yeah. pitch is supposed to be here is now here, and but it wasn't. So it, maybe it, he did pick up that kind it, of thing. And know, I, and the I season. think that
0: goes back, you know, uh, uh, again, uh, Coach or what he's doing with these guys and in, in getting them to compete and to be within yourself. You know, if you don't throw 104, you know, don't try to throw 104. Right. You know, where do you pitch well? Where you? How do you repeat that motion? And then uh, get the mindset that, you know, you're not satisfied with a guy that even hits a foul ball. Right. I don't want him to hit a foul ball. I don't want him to touch the ball. I want him to swing three times and sit down.
2: Yeah, Coach Oz has definitely been a blessing.
0: Yes, Um, yes. We're we're very fortunate. Uh, for him to be here, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun over the years to watch him blossom and bring in his own recruits as a recruits sure. pitchers.
2: For sure. Uh, closing up that game, Trent Driver with the save. He went two innings, gave up just one run. Uh, really looked the part out there. Um, and then that leads us over into Saturday. So it's May 26th, Saturday. So we're sitting at 2-0 in the tournament. We actually lose this game to Charlotte. Um, we had the lead until – The end, until the walk-off, right? (laughs) Wallner comes in, throws two pitches, and one of them goes about 330 feet, and we lose. (laughs) Um, But, again, with the starting pitching, I mean, Walker Powell, seven-inning pitch, scattered around, eight hits, three runs, five Ks. Like I said, we had the lead. And, again, zero walks. You're seeing a trend here. Sandlin started off with one walk. Um, Powers had zero walks. And uh, Powell has zero walks. So, in all three, seven innings plus. So, that's...
0: I don't think anybody could uh, ever foresee foreseen that. And, again, I want to make another comment about Coach Ostrander. Sure. Because he does not like walks. He says pitch to contact, throw strikes. If they hit it, we'll make the best play.
2: And a few bright spots from that day uh, outside of Walker Powell were uh, Daniel Keating had a good day with, went going two for four. And Gabe Montenegro went – two for three with two runs scored, two walks, and one RBI. Unfortunately for the Eagles, uh, J.C. Keys took the loss in that one. But that leads us to Sunday morning where we had to play at 9 a.m. It was going to be a rematch with Charlotte, uh, a game that we obviously lost uh, the night before. Um, You're kind of wondering if the guys are going to come out hanging their heads a little bit. And you also had to wonder about the guy who we um, tabbed uh, to start the game on the mound that day. A kid named Mason Strickland, who up to this point, had only started one game <laughs> all season. I'm just going to read off his line and then let you take it from there. So his, nine, his line for that day was nine innings pitched, three hits, zero runs. Again, one walk, four strikeouts, 94 pitches. It was really kind of a Greg Maddox type of day.
0: <laughs> well, again, uh, the Maddox, it always runs in the family, so we expect <laughs> that. So, uh, But we have to stop. I, I don't think – anybody expected Mason to pitch the way he did, except Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, again, uh, Chris Kirkland told us about Mason coming to Southern Miss and how we're going to love him. He's a big heart. He's going to give you everything. He stays within his game. He's, he's not the hardest thrower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would, would say it was considered a masterpiece because he came out there and I think the coaches would say that they thought maybe five innings and then would go to the bullpen and right. see what happened. Well, for everybody that was there, you, you did get to see a pitcher. You know, you, a lot of the people hear about a pitcher and you hear about throwers. Mm-hmm. Mason was a pitcher. Um, you could write a textbook on what he did with throwing first pitch strikes. He got ahead of – I would – S- say, Jason, you know, every batter uh, it seemed like it was strike one. Yeah. And, and, and then it was strike two and maybe sit down or ground ball, pop up, whatever and move on. That game went quickly.
2: <laughs> 94 pitches, 67 strikes.
0: Wow.
2: You know, so that leads in exactly what you're talking about, getting yeah. ahead. And, um, and also, I noticed and I tweeted it out that he, he got that low strike early in the game. He did. Um, he has to get that low strike, in my opinion. He, if he's able to work down in the zone, get the low strike, and then just command that change-up all day long. And even though you don't throw as hard as everybody else does, if you can go 83 with a fastball that moves, yeah, then come back with, I mean, 81 that moves. Even 81 <laughs> to 83 is enough to move it from the end of the bat to the barrel or vice versa,
0: right? Exactly. And, and you know, we've all talked about Greg Maddox, and, and he wasn't the hardest thrower, but he knew how to pitch. And... Um, Mason showed everybody on that staff that that he wanted to compete he's a pitcher and uh, you, you know I don't think there was anybody that was any happier than coach Barry and, and the coach Oz on you know what a wonderful masterpiece that he did pitch and uh, I'm just happy and as it turned out you know Mason won the MVP of the tournament I know so How cool it, it wasn't just his fans that were impressed by what he did it was um, everybody that was there and and it was good I, I was i'm very appreciative that i was i got up early yeah <laughs> and drove down and i got to watch that myself
2: nice uh and of course uh the the hitting woes that maybe you want to say we had up to that point um we kind of started to shed that a little bit walner hit a home run keating hit a home run and uh, maybe they fed off of uh, mason just a little bit uh which Bled over into the next game. Um, so after that 9 o'clock start, that's when I ended up convincing my wife that we are <laughs> headed down to the coast. So I rallied the troops. Congratulations. Um, right. Um, came down, sweated profusely <laughs> the entire game. But the game started at 1 o'clock that day. We had had to beat FAU, a solid program. Um, and, again, really didn't know what we are going to do on the mound. But the hitting kind of took care of it. We won that game 12-3. to 3. Listen to these numbers. Uh, Walner, four for five. Guidry, three for four. Keating, three for five. I think Guidry hit a double early kind of get us going. Was that the game with the ground rule double? I think it might have been.
0: I I think so. Yeah. They do all run together.
2: Um, So, Montenegro hit a home run. Walner hit a home run. Bowen hit a home run. Um, Adam Jackson actually started the game, uh, went two and a third. and I don't know what happened. I think he might have been hurt or something looked off. And all of a sudden, he wasn't pitching anymore.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, Adam did hurt his elbow. Um, And and we have to say that, you know, he was this dominant on the mound. I think it goes back to what you're seeing with this trend with the staff. Um, Adam was as good as I've ever seen him, you know, Mm -hmm. all fall and all – uh, spring and you know we've seen where Adam would have a, a glimpse here and he looked very impressive and then this or that would happen and you know I, I I think when these pitchers see another pitcher do what they're doing, they want the ball and they and and Adam was was dominated. It's a shame that that he did hurt his elbow. Um, I don't know what the uh, final outcome will be, but it but it was also very fun to watch the batters you know as i mentioned earlier it, it was our rope-a-dope plan that that you know we would wait to the championship game <laughs> so we could all cheer and jump up and down and and then you know when you see matt hit a home run it's kind of like yeah we've seen those before and then you see daniel hit one and we've seen that and then when May, when uh, gabe you know, hits one, and he's got, uh, I don't know if you saw that, but Gabe's family was in town. Right. Um, not only was his mom and dad, because they've made a, a few of the games, his uh, younger brother was here. Oh, wow. And then grandma was here. So, you know, it, it was very, very special for, for Gabe and his family. Um, you know, so it, it, it ended the way that we wanted it to. We've got confidence now coming mm-hmm. in. Um, the staff is pumped up, and I think our hitters feel pretty good about themselves right now as we lead into going to Arkansas.
2: Yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention uh, Keller Bradford. He came in. He ended up pitching. You know, he came in, if I'm not mistaken, did he come in right after Adam Jackson? I He's believe He was the second so. guy. I believe so. Uh, threw four and two-thirds, four hits, three runs, two Ks. Um, then J.C. Keys came back, um, kind of redeemed himself yeah. a little bit with one solid inning as well as driver. So, uh, and, then we, we, and then we woke up the next
0: morning feeling like champions. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to say something about Keller Bradford again because, uh, you know, everybody knows his dad. They, they've seen him, read about him, seen him in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Keller in here. Again, not a, a big guy, doesn't throw real hard, but he gets a job done, you know, and, and he knows to stay within himself. Um, and that, that's so much fun to watch somebody be a pitcher. And then to, to let J.C. get back on the bump, and I said it again, I'm sorry to to ruin your nickname, but uh, J.C., as I said uh, numerous times, he has stuff. He's got electric stuff, and J.C.'s working through this situation where he's getting his confidence. And uh, I think next year is going to be very exciting to watch with J.C., and, and we're going to need him in uh, – Uh, Fayetteville as well
2: absolutely and one last thing before we uh, before we toss it over and you and Jamie are going to talk about the uh, upcoming tournament Um, but a local guy Matt Guidry hit 533 for the tournament 8 for 15, three walks 4 runs 4 RBIs and like we talked about that huge double that kind of you know took the lid off
0: and, and how he didn't make the all tournament team, I don't with know. But those kind what of stats, happened, right? You know, but <laughs> FAU had like 42 on there, but we didn't have Matt on there. It's, yeah. it's a shame. Um, but he had a great tournament. Yeah. Well, Rick, I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. I enjoy it. Thank you. Back
1: in the driver's seat, Jamie Arrington here, back with the old baseball coach. <laughs> My old coach taught me everything I know. Rick Maddox, I'm here with Rick now. So, the polls, I got a couple of results from the polls this week. Golden Eagles, collegiate baseball has us ranked eighth, perfect game, 10th, baseball America 17th. So, the Golden Eagles, even after a couple of late-season stumbles, still ranked really high with the pollsters.
0: Yeah, isn't it a shame that you can be ranked like that, but you still can't host? Um, You know, I I don't quite understand how they determine – with the RPIs and, and all the different matrix, it seems like whatever fits for that day fits the narrative. Uh, yeah, but anyway, we'll we'll move on. <laughs>
1: we'll move on. So um, let's talk about the Fayetteville Regional. It was announced yesterday the Golden Eagles would be heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas. The number one seed, of course, the Arkansas Raisin, Razorback. The Razorbacks. <laughs> We're going to go with that.
0: I like that. The, the Razorbacks.
1: Raisin <laughs> uh, the number the number five seed nationally. So. Uh, had a great season this year. The number two seed, of course, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles Conference USA Champs. Number three, the Dallas Baptist Patriots. And then Oral Roberts, the Summit League Tournament Champions, the Golden yeah. Eagles of Oral Roberts coming to Fayetteville as well. So up first, of course, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They were 39 and 18 this year, 18 and 12 in the Southeastern Conference. They have an RPI of three. Whoa. The big thing about Arkansas and the tricky thing about this regional record at home 30 and three they've won their last 10 at the, they call it the bomb or whatever <laughs> right. so we're, we're gonna bomb the bomb that's what i'm thinking I hear you. but uh arkansas definitely a worthy adversary this this weekend and hey we gotta win they gotta win or we gotta lose they gotta lose for us to, to play on that second day so definitely you hope it's the matchup or you hope it isn't in some some regards <laughs> i guess but um They've, they've put up some some points this year. Uh, they're averaging seven runs on offense, giving up 4.3 runs on defense. That's a point differential of 2.7. And they fell to LSU in the SEC tournament finals. Um, just picked a player off each team to kind of highlight their right-handed pitcher, Blaine Knight. He's one of the top MLB prospects right now. 10-0 and on the year, 2.78 ERA and 15 starts. He's got 86 strikeouts. Had gave up 21 walks, and all that is in 87 and one-third innings. (laughs) So you would imagine that that would probably be your second-day starter for the Razorbacks. Uh,
0: You know, I would assume that's what they're going to do. First of all, I'm I'm glad that we're not going to Oxford. Uh, We get kind of tired of making that trip. Well, you know,
1: and they said that when it was announced that the Golden Eagles were going to Fayetteville, that everybody, the Ole Miss team, cheered.
0: I, I heard that. I, I think I they're just that. as tired of us as we're tired of them. So, <laughs> Well, and, and uh, so I think the, the coaches and the players and, and I think even our alumni are happy we're going somewhere different. Uh, Arkansas has a wonderful program. We, we certainly uh, have heard about Arkansas. I don't know that we've ever played them or not. But, uh, I think we
1: pl- – I, I, I I'm, this is just going off of what I think I read. I think it's been like – 20 years or something it's been a while yeah but i do think we played them at some point did, but i don't know what the somewhere, result was okay. i did my research i don't know i don't know when we played <laughs> I, them. I
0: couldn't remember 20 years ago so <laughs> yeah it's been uh, a while but you know they they have a wonderful coach the uh, facilities there are, are really nice uh we we made that drive quite a few times when mark was playing uh Double-A ball in Springdale, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Springdale is a suburb of Fayetteville, so when we would make that nine-hour, nine-and-a-half-hour drive uh, to watch him play during uh, uh, lull times, we would drive over to Fayetteville and see what it looks like. So, I, I got
1: a little trivia here. There is a former uh, mascot at Southern Miss from Springdale, Springdale High School. His name is Stephen McDonald. Ah, and do you know who his who the football coach was at Springdale while he was the mascot there? I do not. Gus Malzon oh, wow. was the head coach at Springdale yeah. High School wow. when, uh, when Stephen McDonald, before Stephen McDonald uh, graced us with his presence at Southern Miss. So the um, first
0: person that calls in and knows that answer is going to win a T-shirt. Um, I don't think we have the budget for a T-shirt. Right, next year. We'll see. <laughs> I hear you. So anyway, uh, uh, they do have a wonderful facility. Uh, you know, they it, it's very similar to um, a Double A type park. Big crowds. Uh, I think a they're lot top of,
1: five in attendance every year. I think yeah. they've got a really.
0: You know, I knew uh, the University of Arkansas was was a big school, a big SEC school, but I didn't realize how big until. I looked over and I saw their track, and I know that they have a very good track program. They won some national championships. But I looked over there at their track facility, and they had suites and chairback chairs at their track. And I said, oh, wow. whoa. So that is pretty impressive. But anyway. It's so. that Walmart money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I think the, the team's excited about going up there. I, I saw where they're going to be leaving early in the morning. Uh, get up there and, and uh, get accustomed to the, the facilities a little bit. Um, Dallas Baptist, a team that you mentioned, I remember we played them uh, back in the day when uh, Coach Palmer was there, and we made the drive out to Dallas Baptist. And the thing I remember most about that game is how freezing cold it was, and that the wind was blowing about forty miles an hour. Uh, I think any of the the ex-players will tell you that a pop-up that started out at third base may end up over at first base uh left field it end up in right field there was no easy outs it was a miserable game but uh they too have always had a, a very good baseball program so i i, I don't think usm or coach Barry will take any of these teams lightly or roberts has been a, a baseball powerhouse for years too so uh, when you get to this level there's no free case, you know, uh, free ride so um, you know we're gonna have to have our a game and but I do think we're, we're playing we're ready to go and the team's ready to play.
1: Well you, you mentioned Dallas Baptist that's of course the uh, three seed in Fayetteville. Uh, Dallas Baptist 40 and 19 on the year, 16 and five in the Missouri Valley Conference. They have an RPI of 36. On offense, they're averaging seven point point four runs a game. On defense, they're giving up four point nine for a point differential of two point five. I picked one of their their players to kind of highlight Devin Granberg, batting four twenty-six on the year. Eleven home runs, sixty-five RBIs. Uh, 65 runs and 24 stolen bases. So he's their leadoff hitter. He's a guy that you'd, you'd fully expect us to take seriously. And we did because Coach Barry announced that Nick Sandlin would be starting that first game against Dallas Baptist. So That tells um,
0: you all you need to know there. So. Absolutely.
1: And, and like you mentioned, for the fans that follow college baseball, you know this Dallas Baptist team is a dangerous team. They were considered to be. Uh, there's a lot of fun going on here at the bar tonight. Uh, uh, this Dallas Baptist team was considered for membership in Conference USA based off of their baseball prowess. So, um, this is a team that you, if you're not familiar with college, if you're familiar, you know that you got to take this team seriously. If you're not, we're telling you, you got to take this Dallas Baptist team seriously.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to see, and uh, there's a number of players that played at dallas baptist that are in major league baseball so uh the 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 uh the true baseball fans they know dallas baptist and they know they got players and they have a great coach so um it's going to be a tough game it it, it, i think it's shaping up where they're known for swinging the bat um and we'll see how they do against nick because it's it's going to be our best against their hitting and you know, I, I'll take our chances with Nick Sandlin any day.
1: Absolutely, Nick Sandlin. By the way, after this tournament, he is now the uh, number one RPI in the country. Unreal. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. The the number four seed in the in the uh, Fayetteville Regional is Oral Roberts. Also, the Golden Eagles. They are thirty eight and eighteen on the year, twenty four and six in the Summit League. Uh, RPI of one thirty one. They were the Summit League tournament champions on offense uh they've put up average 6.2 runs a game and on defense they've given up 4.3 for a point differential of 1.9 player i picked for them their closer kyler stout he's a senior 2.13 era 14 saves in 24 appearances he's done a great job for them and and just looking at the stats it looked to me like oral roberts is uh they've, they've got a little danger on the mound up there
0: yeah you know i i, I respect uh, Oral Roberts and their program and I think Arkansas will be ready to play Um, the question would be will Arkansas score enough if uh, Oral Roberts has an opportunity I would think they'll be bringing in their closer who's been very effective
1: The, the schedule as far as it breaks down the first game scheduled for friday june the 1st at 2 p.m of course the one seed against the four seed arkansas against oral roberts and then southern miss is scheduled to take the field 7 p.m on june 1st uh against dallas baptist of course that game scheduled to be on espn three most of these games are scheduled to be on espn three um We'll just keep up with your check, check your yeah, local check. listings, <laughs> and, and we'll we'll see how that that shakes up. Yeah. If the Golden Eagles win, they're going to play Saturday, June the second at seven p.m. If they lose, they will play at um, 2, p.m. two p.m. on Saturday. So, like I said, see who wins, who loses. Keep up with the schedule. Hopefully, we can just ride that winners' bracket on the way out. As yeah. long as we if as long as we score more points than the other team, no less than. As long as they don't score more points than us, no more than one time, we'll have a great tournament. (laughs)
0: There you go. And and remember, we're not scoring points, we're scoring runs. Remember. (laughs) I tried to teach you that in the morning league. That's why. That's why I I
1: had two years of baseball. (laughs) Um, Another little tidbit the winner of this bracket, so this bracket, this Fayetteville bracket, is tied in with the Greenville-North Carolina bracket. The regional winner from there will take on the winner of our regional in the Super Regional. Uh, Four seeds there, South Carolina, East Carolina, Ohio State, and UNC-Wilmington. Two of those teams, former conference mates of the Golden Eagles. The third, we played them this year. They snuck one out on us there in Pensacola, (laughs) a game that we should have had. So um, you hope that uh, one of the three lower seeds can take that one, and maybe there's a chance to have a Super Regional in Hattiesburg. Yeah,
0: wouldn't that be fun to uh – get get to have a super regional here i think the fans would would really turn out it would be very very exciting um but i'm going to go back to one game at a time and uh right now our our focus will be on dallas baptist and then we'll see what happens in and uh the future about the super regional. absolutely (laughs) well
1: you know kind of talking about playing in hattiesburg uh, how do you feel about the mentality of the team right now i mean It had to sting last year to get that regional at Hattiesburg, Mm -hmm. win the first couple of games, and then, and there was a lot of factors in play, weather being a huge factor in in how that tournament shaked out, uh, officiating being the other. (laughs) Um, But what do you think about the mentality of the team right now? Is that something they remember, and is that something that's kind of a motivating factor this year?
0: I I think it is. I I think if you talk to the players, they would tell you that, that uh, they have a bitter taste in their mouth the way that ended um, I, I do I do think that the weather had a lot to do with that I, I think had we had uh, normal weather it would have been a totally different situation but at that same time the the attitude we have now I, I know um, the, the players uh, had a little meeting uh, after Saturday and they were not happy with their performance and uh, the leadership on that team the captains the uh, uh, the, the leaders took control of the team, and, and it was unacceptable. And I think those are the kind of little um, meetings that hap- have to happen. And they came together, and I think that what you're going to see now, you want to you be playing, you want to be hot when you're going into the tournaments. You, you want to believe you can beat anybody, and I think that's where we are now. So that mental toughness on the mound, that mental toughness at, at the plate, it's going to be uh, very important to see how we're going to come through. And I, I think we're ready. I, I feel very confident about winning this first game, and then we'll take one game at a time.
1: We kind of touched on it a minute ago, but and we've kind of debated it on the show you know, last week. When do you pitch Sandlin? I know you just kind of hit on it, but what do you think about the decision to start Sandlin against Dallas Baptist?
0: Yeah, you know, that that's one where we as fans, uh, we get to uh, question the coaches as we always do. And there, there's no right or wrong um, because if you use your best pitcher uh, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, old school guys that say you want to win the first game. Why would you not use your best pitcher? Well, then you also have a lot of people say, well, you're playing in a tournament. And, you, you know, where's your best matchup? If, you're, if you feel like your number two and three and four could win that game, then you would have the opportunity to throw your best possibly be against Arkansas. Um, so I understand the logic, and I think that you, the other situation that does come out, and, and I actually uh, had this conversation uh, with Nick Sandlin's dad this weekend because we were toying with, you know, what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Well, and his dad made a comment. He said, if, if you do pitch that first game, then there is an opportunity for for Nick or your number one guy, whichever team that is, to possibly come back in the championship game and maybe close, maybe finish up one or two or three innings. So with that mindset, I feel like we're doing the right thing. We're pitching Sandlin to win that first game. Then uh, Stevie or Walker will come in and do their job or Mason. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then uh, knowing that we may have a couple innings left from Nick. Uh, so that's how we're going to win the tournament. This is
1: uh, Rick Maddox, my old baseball coach. Baseball, Southern's baseball guru, first time we've had him on this season. So good to have Rick here. You kind of touched on it a second ago. But one of the big questions coming into this season, and it kind of develops throughout the year with injuries and, and the like, uh, the pitching depth. How do you feel about the pitching depth heading into the tournament?
0: Yeah, you know, isn't it (coughs) crazy how baseball works? Because there were some times where we have the same pitchers we have now and we couldn't beat anybody. Our our pitchers, everybody was screaming at the pitchers, screaming at Coach Barry, Coach O. O. Strander, they're saying that, you know, everybody's terrible, you can't do anything. And then, you know, uh, a couple weeks, another month later, everything, man, that's the best pitcher I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know it. It's just funny how baseball is. And I think sometimes our fans give up on them a little too quickly. Um, And then sometimes it's just a matter of of that uh, light coming on and and that pitcher gaining confidence because it's that mindset and what we have going right now. We basically have the same guys we've had. Um, But where where maybe we had a slip-up in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning in in the past. You know, our guys are pitching more innings. You know, our starters are, are pitching complete games. Um, then if we need somebody to come in, we, you know, we'll have to bring them in and they'll get the job done. But uh, it's a different team. It's a different uh, formula. Uh, we've always in the past, all the way back from Coach Palmer days, uh, we've always had a closer. We've always had maybe an eighth inning guy and sometimes a seventh inning and an eighth inning and a ninth inning. Um, So the mindset was a little bit different when we took our closer and made him a starter. It kind of changed everything. Um, You know, if it came to the ninth inning, you know, who knows what we may do this week. So um, we just have to see. Um, I I don't know um, that it's right or wrong. I think it's worked out pretty well. Um, But, but, you know, it is that our starters are are, are pitching longer, getting more innings. And I think with our attitude that we have, the results are going to be very positive.
1: And, you know, the max amount of games that we could have would be five, which is exactly what we played this past week, yeah. if, if, if my math is right, uh, looking at the schedule. <laughs> so, you know, we we've we played five games in, what, four days, three yeah. days? I don't know. Something like the that. The math. <laughs> but um,
0: I went know, to break High. I went to math. <laughs>
1: Hey, state champs! By the way, hey, congratulations, Congrats Joe! We're Tigers. proud of you, brother. Absolutely, Brent Barham. What's up, man?
0: <laughs> but I will say this about our depth: I, I think we we do have the depth to play five games. You know, everybody can do that. There's been years where we may had a one and two and a guy, and you, you hope your bullpen can finish something up. We have a lot of guys. You know, we had five guys that, that started this game and I or this weekend, and I think we. Would show now with Adam being hurt. I don't think you'll see him being able to start this weekend, but um, you know, we do have the depth, and uh, that's a good thing when you're playing in a tournament. It's not one game, it's a it's a tournament, and uh, it doesn't matter if you come in third or fourth or second. You know, we want to win the tournament, so I, I know the players will do whatever they're called on to do, and I think the attitude's right for them to be successful.
1: And you know, we, we mentioned how. The uh, other teams did, and uh, let's take a look at the Golden Eagles just to kind of match it up. Conference USA champs this year, forty-three and sixteen on the year, twenty-three and six in Conference USA. RPL forty. Offensively, the Golden Eagles are averaging eight point run one runs per game. Defensively, giving up four point two. That's a point differential of three point nine on the year. By far, the largest margin, uh, average margin of victory, uh, our average margin this season uh, for any, out of any of the teams in the Fayetteville Regional. So, I guess my point with this was the offense can come uncorked at any time. A very, very volatile team on offense. Well, I say volatile, but a team that could blow up at any moment. For example, we started the the conference USA tournament, winning two to nothing against UAB. Then finished off the tournament, winning twelve to three against FAU. If you want to throw in that whole day, Golden Eagles won the last day two games, eighteen to three. So. This is a Golden Eagle team that can come out and put up the runs at a moment's notice. How do you feel about this Golden Eagle offense heading into the tournament?
0: Well, I'm very excited about it. I love the way we're swinging the bat. I, I think the team has some confidence. Uh, it's always really exciting to, to determine if we're going to outscore an opponent. Uh, we know pitching uh, will always shut down good hitting, but our hitters have been very consistent throughout the season whether it's the season or also in the conference um the uh the, the stats will prove out when when you have a, a newcomer like luke reynolds it's batting 400 for the year wow 400 and um uh, you know we had never seen luke perform during this season and and what a, a joy it's been what a phenomenal year what a phenomenal young man um uh, to watch him play and to be able to swing the bat like he does, give protection. you got Matt Walner right behind him. You know, Matt is, is mad. He's just been super to watch him grow and mature, uh, to, to show everybody that, that freshman year wasn't just a, a fluke. He backed it up this year um, by hitting 16 home runs, batting 358, um, hitting uh, RBIs, leading the team with RBIs followed by you got Matt Guidry. You know, Matt has just um, been very, very consistent. We've got guys like Hunter Slater that uh, can take the game over. Uh, If you remember early in the year when we were playing Ole Miss, uh, when Hunter hit two home runs and uh, almost hit a third, it looked like, you know, he should have been in the big league. So, uh, you know, the offense is fun. Uh, There's no easy outs in this lineup. We get guys on the bottom of the order. You, you go to Lebo. He gets on base. Uh, he can hit a home run. He can hit a double. Uh, we got Gabe, who's just an on-base machine. I, I, I think, uh, you know, before Gabe leaves at Southern Miss, he's going to have a lot of stats that will be in the uh, career records, especially uh, getting on base. Um, uh, Mason uh, Irby. Uh, he's getting his bat back. You know, Mason is a 300 hitter. He's getting closer to that now. He's up to 283. Uh, Daniel Keating batting 300. You know, Daniel is just fun to watch. You know, we, he can hit. He's big. He's strong. Um, he can steal bases. So there's no weak spot. You know, we, we aren't going to be like some of these teams that have two or three guys that you can just pitch around and then uh, uh, take your chances because Southern Miss – gets on base, and uh, we score runs. As you pointed out this weekend, um, if your pitchers don't have their A game, it's going to be a long day. And then and then you back up with our pitchers and the way that we've been holding teams to, to very few runs, very few uh, no walks, very few walks, new, a number of strikeouts. Um, I noticed that our, our pitching ERA, is only in our conference is only 2.7, 2.7 which is um, unbelievable. When you look at our co- opponents in the conference are seven point three. Yeah. So um, we're going to be a handful for somebody this weekend. I, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Well, Rick, I appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm sorry that we haven't had you on sooner this year. It's been a long time coming. Any final thoughts on this Golden Eagle baseball team and, and what do they have to do to win this regional?
0: You know, I think the, the main thing that we have to do is just slow the game down, play play one out at a time, uh, one at bat at a time. Don't don't uh, get ahead of yourself. Uh, I know it's easy to say and, and you know, everybody uh, – Expects Southern Miss to do well, but I I think this trip is going to be special. I think the boys are in a mindset um, that they're not intimidated, and I and I think with the leaders on the team we have, our coaching staff led by Coach Barry, he is not going to let them uh, get ahead of themselves. That they will look at each game, each at bat, each inning, and with uh, Coach Ostrander and Coach Kaye. Behind him, Coach um, B.A. Valmuth has done a wonderful job with the guys, too. That if they stay within themselves and take care of business and they get us uh, that regional uh, victory, that it's going to be something that's well deserved. And I, I expect them to do it, and I think they expect to win.
1: Appreciate you coming on, Rick. Thank you. All right, let's bring back in <laughs> Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. What's up, man? Man, good to have you back. Good to be here back at the 4th Street Bar. Been a great time tonight, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm uh, you know, special thanks to uh, Slade and Kevin and of course, Booty uh, running the bar tonight for letting us uh, do it here. It's a um, Golden Eagle fans that hadn't been to the 4th Street Bar. It's the old end zone. Um, and, uh, it, you know, just come in and just kind of look around and just take a walk down memory lane with all the uh, nostalgia they got up and pictures and whatnot. So
1: always a fun time at 4th Street Bar. The adult beverages are delicious. I concur. <laughs> what well, do you think I've
2: been doing while you and Rick have been talking?
1: Oh, exactly, exactly. Well, a uh, couple notes for we before we shut it down here. Uh, we announced last week that the uh, tickets were going on sale for the third annual Last for Life with Tignataro and Nate Bargatze at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. It's going to take place on Wednesday, August the first. Go ahead and get those tickets. They're they're already. Uh, we had the biggest first day of ticket sales we've had thus far in Last for Life. Uh, I want to say we're a little over half a capacity right now.
2: Goodness gracious. That is so, awesome, man. Good get, stuff. Get
1: your tickets. Always an amazing time. Ken Oliver's doing an amazing job putting this show together. Uh, I'm going to be your host, so you got to come out and see me fall flat on my face again. Uh, no, it'll be a good time. Also, we're going to have Hub City Comedy's eighth annual anniversary show. It's going to take place at Keys on June the 22nd. We'll get more into that in the coming weeks. So, Jason... Do you have any final thoughts on uh, how Southern Miss played this weekend, and what do you think about this regional?
2: Um, well, yeah, uh, the final thought would be um, the pitching. Um, I mean, how you know we kind of wondered about it and, and pondered about what the pitching was like all season long, and it looks like maybe we finally put it together. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then and then that very last game, you know, like we talked about, the the bats finally came around. So. You know, if it, as bad as maybe it looked like when we lost two out of three to LaTex and followed that up with a loss to, to UNO, I think we had that, you know, come to Jesus meeting with ourselves, and we've put it together heading into the regional. So really couldn't be in, in better shape um, health-wise or anything headed into the weekend.
1: And, you know, we we had that moment prior to the conference tournament uh, the year we went to the uh – college world series i mean you had a moment uh, you had a skid there towards the end of the season they announced it's gonna be corky's last season the, the team kind of uh you know they kind of came together there at the end came on really strong and you know did the unthinkable so they were a team that barely made the ncaa tournament went on to the college True. world series so anything can happen when you get into june looking forward to it i am too man um also you know when we went yesterday we saw those guys we saw the coaches they uh, they applauded when the regional was announced but they were all business there was no they knew they I were agree. going to a regional they uh, they found their destination I think more than anything they were just relieved to know where they were going and uh, they were all business they were focused motivated ready to go so I fully expect this Golden Eagle baseball team to take the field and bomb the bomb this weekend bomb the bomb. Hashtag bomb the bomb. Hashtag bomb the bomb. We're coming for you. Well, you guys follow us on Twitter. You follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Follow To The Top Talk and To The Top Talk. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, talking about some Golden Eagle victories, uh, super regional appearance, and hopefully a super regional appearance in Hattiesburg. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, Southern Miss, to the top. Talk.